Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And we welcome you to episode 315 of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Just before we get to our guest, if you're enjoying our podcast, we'd love it if you subscribe, rate, and write a review about Cannabis Health Radio on your social media platforms. That'll really help us reach more people who could benefit from the information that is provided in this program, and uh, we'd appreciate that very much. Our guest today has experienced a host of health issues, including diverticulosis, osteoarthritis, psoriasis, nerve pain, and immobility as a result of spinal damage, anxiety, depression, and high blood pressure. On top of his own personal health issues, he has also developed his own dosage protocol for treatment of his mother's late-stage Alzheimer's symptoms, which we'd love to hear. And joining us from Ontario, Canada, to tell his remarkable story is James Tripp. James, it's great of you to do this, but man, you were a mess. Yeah, I was, uh, I guess it's from a a lifetime of working out in the field. I had lots of accidents. I don't really sure where the damage came from, but um, it really manifested when I had nerve damage from C3 to C6. Um, We weren't quite sure what had happened. I'd gone in for what I thought was heart attack. But uh, suffice it to say that I ended up in about two weeks of um, not being able to sleep, uh, sleep deprivation to the point where I had hallucinations. And Mm. um, I had tried every pain medication up to opiates, and that was my my last resort. Um, Fortunately for me, I chose against that. I've had friends that had industrial accidents and ended up fighting addiction on opiates. I didn't want to go down that road. So um, I started just vaporizing cannabis. A friend of mine suggested it. And after this two-week episode, I tried it the first time. And initially, the pain kind of shot through the roof. And I thought I'd made a mistake. But I just relaxed, calmed down, took a few deep breaths, went into the bedroom, laid down, and slept for four hours. The first time I'd slept more than 15 minutes in probably two weeks. Wow. Yeah, I I woke up and really didn't know what was going on, didn't realize I'd slept so long. When I realized what had happened, I sat on the edge of my bed and burst into tears um, because I knew I'd found a solution. Um, I kind of, between 2009 and 2012, I was vaporizing um, to deal with the nerve pain. I also had issues with L5 in the lower back. And I started to notice a few, um, a bit of alleviation in some of my other things, psoriasis. Um, I had not yet been diagnosed with the diverticulosis, um, but I was having intermittent uh, fevers, which we think now, which I think back now was probably related to infections in the sigmoid colon. So at about um, 2012, I had a severe, severe bout, severe abdominal pain. I thought I was going to 
literally die. And it ended up my wife and I were in the emergency room and we were both kind of figuring that I was looking at a severe diagnosis of colon cancer. Mm. So, um, lucky for me, they did CT scans. They found out that it was severe diverticulosis in the sigmoid colon. At that point, they said it was treatable. Um, so then, of course, I went on the pharmaceutical um, treatments of anti-inflammatories, antispasmodics. Um, I was getting recurring infections probably four times a year. So they put you on a double course of antibiotics. Um, which literally trashes your gastrointestinal flora. Um, I was not getting better. I was going downhill. Um, during that time that I had been vaping, uh, I started researching edibles. And, you know, occasionally I was making some edibles into cookies or brownies or things like that. And I started to notice a correlation between when I had eaten uh, edibles for a couple of days to a major alleviation in the symptoms of my diverticulosis. So I started researching it and it was in 2012 that I really learned about the medicinal application of using it as an edible. And I started experimenting with that. Given that uh, your condition of diverticulosis, can you explain the difference between diverticulosis and diverticulitis? Diverticulosis is the actual abnormality on the outside of the colon. Essentially, what it is explained to me is that the muscle that, that surrounds the colon and kind of squeezes and contracts to, to mm -hmm. keep mobility going gets like um, like a rupture on a, on an inner tube in a tire where it balloons out uh. and it causes little pockets where, you know, stuff can get trapped in there and that's what causes the infections. Uh, so diverticulosis is the actual, um, you know, anomaly, the, the, the damage to the colon itself. Diverticulitis is the actual infection. If you get something trapped in there and it, and it flares up into an infection. Have you ever thought of using cannabis oil as a suppository? I used it. I did. I started the research and I started I started at first using just cooking the um, because at that point the only thing you could get was bud. Um, I started cooking it into uh, olive oil. I experimented with different oils and found coconut oil um, was the best for getting the, the most out of the material. And I started taking small amounts in, in coconut oil. Um, I also started learning about doing suppository. So I got some, some molds to make um, uh, coconut oil suppositories and keep them in the fridge. And over the course of, I'd say, 2013, I really learned a lot about applying the various methods of cannabinoid therapy to treating that. And I had probably alleviated, I would say, up to 80% of my symptoms. Um, I was back to, to major functionality. The last key for me was learning how to eat a proper diet. And I also am now on a very heavy regimen of probiotics to rebuild my gastrointestinal flora. But, you know, the 80% improvement, uh, as Corey mentioned, that is absolutely remarkable. Oh, it was astonishing. I mean, uh, now, the, the key for me was I started originally on THC because that's what I was using to vape for pain. Uh, and then I started, through my research, I started researching the CBD. 
and how it has antispasmodic and anti-inflammatory properties. And that's one of the major aspects of gastrointestinal issues. So, and, and at that time, it was a little tough to get my hands on anything with CBD in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I finally did find a, a, a species called CBD lullaby, and I managed to um, obtain some, some seed uh, material from some very uh, compassionate friends of mine. And um, I ended up using it as well as crossbreeding. Um, and uh, started to incorporate the CBD into the uh, into the edible aspect of my cannabinoid therapy, and that was really the linchpin in getting that eighty percent functionality, uh, reducing the inflammation and the uh, spasms in the um, muscles surrounding the sigmoid colon, calmed things down and allowed it to heal so much quicker. The THC reduced the pain, but but also the whole combination of full extract cannabinoid oil, it improves gastrointestinal motility, regularity. Um, the entire function of the gastrointestinal tract improved slowly over time. Nice. Wow. Now, what, uh, what about your arthritis? Let's go through some of these other issues. Osteoarthritis. Yeah, I have that in in the knees and um, in some of my other joints. It's mostly from um, you know repeated work use and um, overstressing. Uh, I, I worked a lot in, in in the bush, and so the knees were constantly hyperextending um, issues like that. And um, I was always dealing, you know, taking Tylenol and all that stuff before when I started ingesting. Um, it really helped all of those issues a lot. But then I started, uh, because I, I was making my own medicines and making my own uh, full extract cannabis oil, I make um, oil-based topicals. I also make alcohol-based topicals. And I started using them directly on my joints as well. And that really was a, a major component. So now I, I have a regiment where I use an ethanol-based alcohol carrier, and I have THC, CBD, different extracts that I put in them. I spray them all down my spine and across my shoulders where there's damage. And I use it on both my knees and several of my joints in my arms, my wrist. Um, my hands are showing a lot of buildup of osteoarthritis. So I use it on that um, um, almost every day. Um, I'm hoping it, it, it definitely, you know, I have basically no perception of lack of mobility due to that at this point and I'm hoping that it will over the years to come prevent it from even exasperating further. Mm. One of the things that you talked about in the notes you sent is anxiety and depression and which I don't know about society but it seems to be increasing and uh, I'm wondering how you treated your anxiety and depression. Uh, I was diagnosed with that years ago. Um, it comes from a lot of childhood PTSD. I think mm-hmm. a little bit of his genetic as well, too. But I went through the, the whole gambit of uh, pharmaceutical uh, drugs, starting with some of the early Ludimil, um, a proteline hydrochloride. It was on Paxil. And to be honest with you, they were, they solved the problem and allow you to be a functional component of society. 
but as far as giving you any quality of life, I would have to really put any hesitation on saying that is one of their their features. I found them very numbing, very um, almost oppressive. It's almost like you you live under a wet wool blanket your whole life. Mm. Um, I, I was using cannabis intermittently and recreational at that point in my life. And at one point in, in my, I'd just been recently married and, and I, we'd had a child and I had decided I'd had enough of these, these, you know, um, pharmaceutical treatments cause they weren't doing me any good. I was, I had, I was over bloated with water weight gain. It was just horrible. So I stopped taking them and tried various meditation techniques. I took Tai Chi. I was using, you know, mental therapy to try to deal with these issues. And I had coping skills. But ironically, when I started, you know, when it went back in 2000, you know, 2009, 2008, when I started vaping a, a daily as a, a, I stopped using it recreationally and started really considering it a medicinal application i noticed after a while that you know geez my attitude had changed i I wasn't i wasn't as paralyzed by the anxiety fear or or overwhelmed by long-term depressive periods you know it was just life was just made more sense it was i was actually clearer in my mind and less confused and i started researching on that and I did find that the CBD was one of the major components of that. THC, uh, from my research, what I've researched, THC has a has an antidepressive and anti-anxiety effect, but it's a very unique bell curve dosage. There's a specific dosage that works to deal with that, and I think it's probably different for each person. Um, one of the things I found with applying cannabinoid therapy for myself is it's, it's really hard to find that sweet spot of exactly what you need, how much you need, and learning how to adjust that based on your physiology and how it's responding. Uh, it really takes a lot of personal dedication to your own health. And one size doesn't fit all, right? No, no, it doesn't. I mean, that's one of the aspects we're having problems with the adoption of, of cannabinoid medicine into the mainstream medical practice. They're, they're saying that everything falls within this two to five gram prescription, and it simply doesn't. It, it's so unique to each human physiology. And, and as you start it, you also build a tolerance. So that's where, you know, each physiology has so many dynamic differences. I ran into that when dealing with my mom's uh, Alzheimer's. You know, would it be fair to say that um, probably your anxiety and depression was exacerbated by the pain as well? Uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I realized that I had spent several years um, not only suffering from mental health issues, which was causing me to be my own worst enemy, but also suffering from severe, severe physical issues, uh, undiagnosed and you know, when you, you know, I was also dealing with uh, my, my mother's husband was dying of uh, end stage prostate cancer. My wife was in a high pressure job early at home. I had a daughter who had severe mental health issues in high school. And I was just sick as a dog and, and barely hanging on. So there I spent a lot of days in the basement 
um, thinking I was at my rope's end and wiping the tears from my face to get up and try and go deal with the next crisis. Did you ever contemplate suicide? Uh, You know, I have had a very, very tumultuous life. I come from a very, very um, disintegrated and and troubled family past and I had attempted that many years ago in my life and something in the back of my mind told me to hang on and not give up and I've I've never changed that attitude since then no matter how bad things get the one thing you can always be sure of is they will change well we're certainly glad you you didn't uh you didn't kill yourself because uh, I think the information you're providing to us today and the information that people will hear around the world is invaluable, knowing the, the issues you face. And not only that, you were in a car accident uh, less than two months ago. Yeah, May 6th. Uh, I, ironically, I was on my way to get my COVID vaccine, being a good citizen because I deal with seniors quite a bit. And uh, a pickup truck crossed the road, center line. Um, still don't know the details why, but he, I barely had enough time to turn towards the ditch and I was just barely lifting my foot off of the accelerator and we hit head on at uh, 90 kilometers an hour each. Yikes. Yeah, it was, uh, the cop that pulled up, he actually said that, uh, he's been on a lot of accident scenes and he was pretty sure he was dealing with a fatality when he saw my car, but... I must have some guardian angels out there because I'm pretty banged up, but uh, I'm going to be okay. No permanent damage. How banged up were you? Uh, I suffered about a 10 centimeter laceration to the bone on my skull, on my top of my head, Mm. broken wrist, um, two broken, two or three broken ribs on the left side, uh, fractured my sternum. Uh, multiple bruises, uh, lacerations to the bone on uh, the left shin and uh, laceration on the right shin. And I'm black and blue, was black and blue all over the place. But um, yeah, I I, I, uh, went to the trauma center in London, Ontario. And, you know, due to COVID, um, um, they checked me out and they were astonished at, at uh, luckily the, the fractures didn't actually separate. Everything kind of cracked and stayed in place. It was literally from full speed to a dead stop. No movement, no tossing, no bouncing around. But that's a lot of impact force, I'll tell you. Well, a cat so has what nine did, what lives. What did days after that look like? What What were you doing? To what, did they have you on heavy duty uh, Demerol and morphine and all that? Or what? well, they they gave me a, a liquid painkiller, which I think was a combination in the hospital because that that made me really groggy. I was really focused and trying to listen because I wanted to have, hear how in, how badly injured I was. Then they put me on uh, five milligrams of morphine. Every four hours when I left the hospital and um, I saw my doctor on the Tuesday, I believe it was, and he put me on 10 milligrams of morphine three times a day. So same volume, but different, uh, uh, higher dosage at uh, longer intervals. I took that morning and night for about the first week. 
And I'll be honest with you, I just hate the feeling of that. You're, it, it's, it's worse than the antidepressants for having a wet blanket on you. Mm. And it takes the edge off the pain, but it doesn't really get rid of it. Now, at the same time, I mean, right from when I was in the trauma center, I had my, my medical cannabis med bag. I've got an ACMPR license and I produce my own meds. So right in the trauma room, I told my wife, get him out and start giving him to me. I ramped up my cannabis intake probably fourfold, maybe even fivefold for the first three days because I knew I was going to be in extreme pain. Um, I, I, I took it down to about uh, triple dose uh, the third, fourth day because I thought that with the combination of the morphine might be fogging me out. After about seven days, I said, I'm not going to take the morphine during the day. And that afternoon was the first time I really felt like I was clear thinking. So I decided, okay, I'll, I'll take it at night so I could get to sleep. Um, but I'm going to try not taking it during the day. I did that for three days. Day nine, I said, that's it. I'm not taking it anymore. I'm done. And I was man able to manage the pain with just using the cannabis. Now, I was taking the cannabis heavy. I was vaporizing with the, um, with the volcano heavily. And I also took uh, um, straight extract and put it right where my injuries were on my ribs and my sternum and rub that in with a uh, transdermal carrier to try and just soak those damaged areas as best I could. So by about, um, I'm on week five today actually, and um, the soft tissues are healing fantastic. No pain as far as soft tissues. I'm gonna be, have to be very patient with the ribs and the sternum, but um, I'm hoping to get x-rays at week, uh, at uh, two months time, because I believe the bones are healing faster because of the cannabis. Have you seen your doctor? And if you have, what is he saying to you about how well you're coming along? Um, I, I've got a pretty good history with my doctor as far as cannabis. Uh, he sees the evidence every time I go in on the various things that work. And he comments, but... Uh, every doctor I find is, I don't know about out, out in BC, but uh, here in Ontario, doctors that operate under the Ontario College of Physicians and Surgeons have to be extremely careful what they say to their patients about cannabis medicine. Yeah, same here. Same yeah, here. I, I, I can go into a lot more details on that, but I don't want to cross any bridges. Uh, I've already got my name on a lot of desks at that organization of people that don't like me already. So, <laughs> James, I want to ask you about the protocol that you developed for your mother's Alzheimer's, which I think is absolutely fascinating. Yeah, she's, uh, she's quite the case, actually. Uh, there's two studies by Canopy Growth that were published because of her case out of where she's at at the home. But it started out, um, it was right around 2013. I was just in the midst of, of experimenting with that edibles and learning about them. And she, her Alzheimer's had gotten her to the point where she was just horrendous. I mean, she was emotionally volatile. She was all over the map, angry. Uh, you know, making the kids cry vindictive. It was just horrendous. Um, and the one, I'll be honest with you, the one Sunday I just got so frustrated, 
um, you know, I just said, I'm going to give her a, a piece of a brownie and just to calm her down so we can have an afternoon's peace. So I made her a chocolate sundae and I gave her a quarter of a brownie. It was a little bit too much for her. She got a little high, but she took it very well. She was giddy and laughing. And, you know, my wife went over. We sat over with her in the afternoon and she was watching TV and she she no longer argued. You know, she would say, is my parents coming to pick me up? Say, no, no, they're not coming today. And she go, oh, okay. It was like night and day. I was astonished. She even came over and had dinner with us that night. Um. Well- Go ahead. Oh, I just said, wow. I mean, what a, what a 180. Yeah, I mean, it was astonishing. And now I knew that I couldn't keep her stoned out of her gourd every day. So I don't um, know. <laughs> I, I decided I was going to do this and, and figure out how to do it. So I started making the capsules and making it with the same, the same material, making it the same strength as best as I could guess, and started to try to... Uh, treat it with her and and I, I ran into some problems because I could never seem to find a stable dose as I was able to find for me and because the disease is so volatile you have to kind of compensate for that so I set up her apartment she watched uh, Murdoch Mysteries the same things every day she she had rotating meals that she had all the time the same PSWs came in we got it right down so it was, it was it was almost like the most single daily routine she went to the same day programs and and it worked like a charm to kind of stabilize the disease as best as i could till i could find the right ratio of CBD and THC for her to keep her from getting too high and too unstable on the THC and still getting all of the benefits from that and finding so I found a dose range where I could you know depending on how she was in the morning I could kind of figure out what I could give her and 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 then it would it worked out pretty well so I could got to the point where I could leave it for the PSWs and they could just give her the dose that I'd laid out for her and they were astonished um, we actually had an instance where CCAC, which is the uh, organization that looks after you know uh, health services in in that district, mm-hmm. um, came out to assess her, and they wouldn't she wouldn't fit into her program because she was going backwards in certain aspects of the progression of Alzheimer's disease. Mm. When you say backwards. What does what um, exactly the dose is that she's receiving, and what strains it's made from? Um, when I was doing it, it was made from my own strain that had a combination of CH, THC and CBD, uh, and she was on a one-to-one ratio of about probably. Uh, at that point, I was giving her about forty milligrams of THC and about thirty milligrams of CBD a day. Now since she went into the home and it's it's much more it's a stable routine environment even more so there. Um, you know, they've actually been able to reduce her dose. She takes um, uh, a Tilray product now that is a, a 5 to 20 um, THC to CBD during the day. She takes that 3 times a day. I believe it's uh, Twenty milligrams of CBD and five milligrams of THC. Yes, it's it's five milligrams of the THC and twenty milligrams of the CBD. Then at night she gets a full 
uh, dose of the of the 25 to zero full THC for sleeping, and that helps augment the the CBD during the day. We found that the doctor found that during the day, if we ramped up her CBD and took down the THC, she was more alert during the day, and then you give her the high THC dose at night, and that helped her sleep through the night better. James, how old is your mother? Uh, she is ninety three. Ninety-three. Wow. No, I'm wrong. She's ninety-four now. Wow. Oh, excellent! Yeah, and she she had a triple bypass in oh, that would be ninety ninety-seven, maybe ninety-eight. Mm-hmm. And they're only supposed to last about ten, fifteen years. Yeah, when she went on the cannabis meds for the Alzheimer's, it was ironic because after that. Um, they, uh, over the course of the last probably 10 years, she has reduced all of her other medications. She doesn't take any antipsychotics anymore. Um, and she's reduced a number of her other medications that she has to take from arthritis medications to other things. She just doesn't need them at the higher, higher dose that she had before. What a fabulous story. James, in conclusion, is there anything you'd like to tell listeners besides the fact that uh, you suffer from a series and numerous injuries that you've uh, corrected with the use of medical cannabis? Yeah, there is a group of Canadians that I would like to speak to. In, in my research and in my journey over the last 10 years, I have come to realize that there are literally thousands of Canadians, tens of thousands of Canadians out there, especially now that it's re- it's available recreationally, that are medicating and using cannabis as a med- medicine, but are just buying it as a recreational product. And I would encourage each and every one of them to stand up, speak to your doctor, tell them what it is doing for you. Until we all stand up, and, and, and openly profess the medicinal applications of, of cannabinoid therapy and the vast array of applications that are available uh, without fear of being stigmatized and looked down upon, then the medical system's not going to change. Law enforcement's not going to change, and neither is our government. We're going to keep hearing this dialogue of of the damage that cannabis causes and how we need to protect people from cannabis youth use when the reality is it could be benefiting literally hundreds of thousands of Canadians and millions worldwide. Very well said. Yeah, absolutely. James, thank you so very much for stepping forward and sharing your story with everyone. And we thank you for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. You probably are already aware that we don't have uh, advertising on Cannabis Health Radio. We're just listener-supported. So if you can help us out in any way, we'd greatly appreciate it. Just go to CannabisHealthRadio.com, and there's a drop-down menu that will show how you can do that. And as I mentioned at the top of the podcast... If you'd love, we'd love it if you'd subscribe, rate, and write a review about our podcast on your social media platforms. That way, you can reach more people who could possibly benefit from the use of medical cannabis. And we'll, we are very grateful for your support. Thanks for listening. Next week, we'll be back with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. 
For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.